What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Spring Fever. As always, it's me, XFL Jim, joined by the one, the only, Uncle Rico. What's up, dude? Dude, a lot of things going on, man. What's going on with you, dude? A lot, dude. There's, I'm, I'm feeling much. I, I, I haven't worn a Hawaiian shirt on a stream in a while. I felt like bringing them back. It's so comfy. Yeah, I'm yeah. feeling myself. You're showing, you're showing off a little bit of the stern bush, dude. I, 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 I gotta, I gotta. Eric, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of news. But before we get to any of the news, this show, like every episode of Spring Fever, is brought to you by Royal Retros, the one-stop shop for all your royal clothing, like every team that you wish still existed it exists there at royal retros you can get merch from old nba teams that don't exist old leagues that don't exist old usfl teams old xfl teams it's all there at royal retros and when you go make sure you use promo code spring fever all one word all caps at checkout for 10 percent off they got some sick ass clothes over there they have a sick for the basketball fans old school the town Curry jersey, which is absolutely insane. I love it. I love it so much, Eric. Eric, there's a lot to talk about. There's still exit. <coughs> oh, it's killing me. Whoa, man. This, whoa, merger whoa, talk. Whoa, 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 this, this merger talk is killing me. We have whoa. XFL, USFL merger rumor update. So the last time we talked about it, it was kind of breaking because I think the news sort of broke Tuesday. And then we had our show, obviously, we do we record and stream it live on Wednesdays. Check out uh, twitch.tv slash xfljim or twitch.tv slash etof21sports for the live stream of Spring Fever. But there's been some, some rumor. Nothing is concrete. I repeat, nothing is concrete, but we have some added things. It looks like, according to the Axios article... It's like a 50-50 split is what they say. And it looks like the most likely outcome is a 12-team league. Okay, okay. Rumored six hubs. Six. Six hubs is the rumor going on. I talked about it with Chase on the gymnasium. Everyone knows my thoughts on hubs. I hate them, but I understand them. Like, I get that it saves money, but I still hate I mean, it. Like, at the end of the day, it's a cost thing. You know what I, I mean? I get it. It's just, it's a personal opinion for me. Like, I, I don't know anybody who actively likes hubs. I just understand their necessity. Yeah, I get it. I also am worried, depending on which six teams they take. So, obviously, it looks like I assume... They would give priority to people who already have stadium contracts. So, like, Birmingham's in, obviously. Detroit in. Detroit in. They're still negotiating it right now, but I believe Michigan would be in. Yeah. No, they have a multi-year deal with four. Well, the, yeah, they did. They had, they had like, a three-year deal. Yeah. I assume Canton would also be in because they had a multi-year deal. Yeah. But how does that work with the XFL teams who had multi-year deals? Because how how – I think everyone but Houston and Vegas had multi-year deals. But is it going to be a 50-50 split of teams? Maybe. There's just... Maybe. You don't know. Like, obviously, so 
the teams that don't have homes, Vegas, Houston Roughnecks, and then every you could just count half of the USFL basically because they don't have their home stadiums. They're just in those hubs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you would divvy that up. My assumption would be the Vegas Vipers would just be kaput because they're the easiest ones to get rid of. They don't have a home. They didn't have a very successful like fan engagement as far as all that goes. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously that that's the no-brainer. Um, as much as it pains me to say it, I think Pittsburgh's out in, from the Pitts- U.S. But, but it depends which one of those teams in Canton, because you had Pittsburgh and New Jersey and Canton. Which one rep like felt more at home in Canton? Yeah, that. Because it doesn't like with the USFL teams, it doesn't matter what city they say. Because they those teams were in Canton, Ohio, the whole time. So I don't know which one Canton viewed more as a home team. Yeah, that's true. Um, Shout out Alex in the chat, by the way. Uh, USFL, XFL, CFL, IFL, ELF, FAF, LLFA merger merge all the leagues. Just merge everything. Everything, just bring them all together. But I, yeah, I don't know how they would how they would divvy the teams up. I don't know what six spots would be hubs. I feel like the only three for sure that you would need well, to you, keep. Did you see this from James Larson? What, the which USFL one? has filed. Yes, for the that was spring league trademark. I was I was going to talk about that next. The, the USFL has followed – they filed a bunch of trademarks for the National Spring Football League. So people are speculating. Now, fi- filing a trademark doesn't mean that they're going to, like, change the name to that specifically. But it does have people thinking. I I know my opinions on calling it the National Spring Football League. And I think it's shit. <laughs> I think it's awful. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's brutal, too. So I think – Back to the hubs. I think you keep. I think for th- there's three that you have to keep. And I think that is. I think to me they're obvious. You have to keep Birmingham. You have to keep St. Louis, and you have to keep DC, because those three. Yeah. The issue is that DC, with their contract with Audi Field, the MLS stadium. I don't know if the MLS would want two teams kind of like tearing up the field, two football teams having home games there. That's true. So I don't know if that would work, if they'd have to switch that up. Um, Alex also mentions the Rock versus Daryl Johnson cage match to see who controls the league. I would take the Rock. I would take the Rock. I would take The Rock as well. So, um, spoiler alert, Alex, by the way, please don't spoil. Investigator Jim coming out with a video that actually goes in-depth on that topic. So, be prepared for that. Investigator Jim? Yeah. Eric, what do you think of the National Spring Football League? Um, Nationally hate it. Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan of it. Not Not a a fan. Um. I heard I read something that the XFL like reached out to the CFL too. Did you read that? Well, so that like before day? the season, if you remember, I don't even know if you were on Spring Fever at that point, or we might have been it was a while ago, like last year. Um the XFL and CFL merger talks like dominated the whole XFL news space that the XFL had reached out to the CFL prior, 
like even before the XFL season began to do a merger talk and like figure out something with them. And it just never, it, it, it piddled out. Like the CFL, I believe is like, they are staunch in their ways. And I think the CFL style of football is so drastically different from anything that either the XFL or USFL, or especially the NFL would want to do that. It's hard to kind of merge the two. Yeah. Cause like, I get the XFL and USFL have different rules. I understand that. I understand that they have different rules than the NFL, but guess what? They're all four down football. The fields are all the same size and they all have the Nothing same amount of players on the field. The end zone. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like the, the, the core it. tenets it. are the same. Yeah. And that, that was just something that stood out to me when I was doing this. Um, the, the XFL has been like trying to like merge and do stuff the whole time. But So what does that tell you? I, I think they just what investigator Jim. What does that tell you? It tells me that like obviously they're just. I feel like they, as well as a lot of people, view merger and competition specifically as a detriment because there's only so you know, spring football. There's only so many eyeballs, so they figure the way to like make spring football work, you just have to have one great product. Okay. Or Chase. they look at it like this. There's like, yeah, I forget the analogy. Like, I remember it from business school. It was like the four corners. Like, if you have, like, on four corners, you have, like, what are, what are the restaurants? Applebee's, TGI Fridays, and what two other restaurants like that. They're all just going for the same people. Yeah. You know, like, like, they're all just competing for, for it. But if you have one big restaurant there, you can get everybody. Exactly. Um, I, I guess I get what you're saying. Um, for me, though, because it's every, I'm a business major. Like I like multi-businesses, whatever. I, I always look at the money angle of it. So part of me, when I first heard this, I, my initial thing was like they didn't, they saw how in the red they were. They're panicking and they're trying to get something to get it more in the green, head in the green direction. Potentially, but my question is, if you're starting a new football league and not expecting to be deep in the red for, like, your first couple years, what? Do you, why even do it? But I mean, like, if you're smart business, you realize when you start a new business, you're probably going to be in the red for three years. Yeah. And then after three years, you're going to start to see stuff in the green. But so, my worry is, like, they had some big-time investors, and... Then they're seeing this. You know what I mean? Like that, that's my thing. Like they're dude, you know, we lost X. You know, we thought we we're gonna be making money on this. My worry with that is the fact that so they they obviously they had the losses year one, which was to be expected. Yeah. But then you also see the dip in viewership for the USFL from year one to year two. And I wonder if there's enough fandom out there for two spring leagues. To like, because maybe they, they see like, oh, if both the XFL and USFL are competing against each other actively for three years, then neither of them make it to the green. Do you have the week by week viewership numbers? Not off the top of my head. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I, I'm wondering, like, what, you know what I mean? Like, how did that dip? Like, when the XFL first started, then the USFL started and then the USFL was just going. Was it just 
you know what I mean? Did, did the XFL dip, then there was half, and then they all went to the USFL, or the numbers kind of maintained, if you will? Okay, let's see. Week nine is when they had USFL. I believe week nine is when the USFL started. So I'm trying to see. Week eight, St. Louis Battlehawks, Vegas Vipers, 868,000. Guardians, Renegades, 679,000. <coughs> Brahma's Roughnecks, 1.006 million. Um, sea Dragons Defenders, 487,000. <clears> and then week nine, Roughnecks Vipers, 878,000. Brahmas Guardians, 235,000. So a major dip there on ESPN2. Defenders Renegades, 670,000. Battlehawks Sea Dragons, 570,000. So not like only one game had a major dip and i believe that was less to do with the usfl more to do with nba playoffs starting up too i so i so i'm looking at this it says usfl beating xfl through week seven the article i'm looking at when you look at that as well take into account that the usfl has a way better tv deal and almost all of the games were either on Fox or NBC. So they were on, like, over the air. Meanwhile, the XFL had all, most of their games on ESPN or ESPN2. All right, so here we go. So this one. Birmingham. Oh, these are all. What what week are we looking for, buddy? Give me a week here. What, what week? Week one of the USFL was week one of the XFL. It was week nine, I believe, of the XFL. All right, so pull up some week nine stuff. I got week nine right here. All right. Um, what was the most watched game? The most watched game of week nine was the Houston Roughnecks versus the Vegas Vipers on ABC at 878,000 viewers. 878? Yeah. So Houston Gamblers, Michigan Panthers, 974. Okay. What was your least 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 amount. It was the Brahma's Guardians 235. This was the Maulers Breakers 483. So all these, like Birmingham and Generals did an 864. Showboats and Stars did an 837. Nice. So I mean, that's that's pretty good. Next week, what you got? Week two. The largest one was the Defenders Brahma's on ABC. The ABC one's always going to be the largest of the XFL. 832,000. Oh, I outdrew this because this the biggest one here was Birmingham Stallions, Memphis Showboats, seven ninety eight. And what was your least watched? Houston Gamblers and New Orleans Breakers on the USA Network. That checks out. Yeah, a hundred and thirty three. Yeah, this one on this week it was the Dragons and Vipers on ESPN two three hundred seventy eight thousand. Um, next week. Most watched. Well, next week, the next week goes to the playoffs for the U.S. for the XFL. Okay, so what was your most watched playoff? Six hundred seventy-five thousand on ESPN. So they had two games: seven seven six and seven six one. Gamblers, Showboats, Maulers, Stars, both outdrew. What channels are those on, though? 
Fox and NBC. There, that like like we we mentioned that going into the season, the USFL's TV deal this year specifically kicks the shit out of the XFLs. With um, how many games they got on Fox and NBC, it was crazy. Next week. <coughs> well, the next the next one was the championship game. And how much was that? Uh, 1.6 mil. This is crazy. Oh, sorry. Man. Sorry, 1.8 mil. 1.8 mil. Guess this week, <sighs> week four. Yeah. Showboats, Panthers. 2.06 mil. Damn. I mean, for a regular season game, that was pretty good. But I will but you're right. I mean, it all depends like what you got. There definitely is a dip in the viewership when it's on USA or Fox Sports One. Anything that was on Fox or NBC was greatly, greatly improved. Like like this one right here, week seven. This one, I'm, I'm assuming, because there's no channel listing, it was on Peacock, 161, USA, 251, Fox Sports 1, 274, but the game on Fox, 703. Yeah, it's the, the USFL had crazy differences. Like, the XFL had a better cable deal for the cable channels being on ESPN, yeah. but obviously, like, the, the broadcasting for the USFL being on Fox NBC was way better. That's why we – like. That's why in 2020, the viewership was so good for the XFL because it was on Fox and ESPN. They had the partnership with both. So they would so, have games on ABC, Fox, ESPN, FS1. It was nuts. Alex in the chat says compare week one of the XFL with week one of the USFL. I can do that. I got week one pulled up right here. All right. Give it to me, big dog. Best game for week one of the XFL. Oh, that's 2020. The 2021 was way crazier. Um. Let me. I, I scrolled too far down, Eric. Rookie did. Rookie. I know. Let me see. Where the hell are you? What the hell? Week one. There we go. 2023. Number one viewer was the Brahmas and Battlehawks on ABC, 1.57 mil. Yeah, that's more. Highest one here was 974. The lowest one was 918 on ESPN, the Defenders and Sea Dragons. You know, yeah, so that that's the lowest one. The lowest one here was <sighs> Breakers, Molars, so. Dude, I'm getting, dude, I, so they have the, the 2020 TV ratings. You want me to just tell you what these 2020 ones were? Yeah. I'm fucking pissed because they were so much. Week one of the XFL in 2020, the opening game, Def, DC Defenders and Seattle Dragons, 3.3 million. Jesus, dude. The second game, Roughnecks Wildcats, 3.29 million on Fox. Next one, the next day, Guardians Vipers, 3.39 million. And the fourth game, 2.495 million. Nothing below the mills. That's absurd, dude. That is absolutely absurd. And guess what? Week two in 2020, nothing under two mil. Dude, they were drawn like fucking insane. It, I mean, like it was they were routinely outdrawing baseball games. Like routinely. Yes. Yes. 
God damn it, I'm so... I'm, every time I think about it, I get fucking pissed. That year was the best year of my life. Until it wasn't. It was all snatched from me, Eric. I saw the future. I saw the potential. The league was awesome. And then all of a sudden, it's just gone. You have... When it announced that it was canceling the season is the most mad I've ever been in my life. Yeah, but dude, like... You know, that... Uh, With know, the it, momentum of what they I had? Mean, the is, as soon as the Sea Dragons, like, it came out, like, they had COVID, you knew it was coming. Oh, for sure. I knew it was coming. But can you imagine the momentum they would have right now being in year three of that product? Yeah. God. Anyway, not a fan of the National Spring Football League. We don't know nothing about rules, what rules they'd go with. I talked about with Chase what rules he would want and what rules I would want. In a perfect scenario, I liked his idea of you just keep all 16 league, all sixteen teams and then you just split into different conferences, the USFL conference and the XFL conference. And <laughs> just have the championship, have the champion play each other. And yeah, then you kind of, cool. and yeah, then you mix. I, like that. Yeah, I would love that, right? Yeah. You kind that's of, you start awesome. when the, so you start when the XFL starts, like right after the Super Bowl. And you just extend the season just a little bit. Yeah, that'd be cool. I, I'd be down for that. I would be so down for that. And you kind of just mix some of the rules together, like XFL's PAT. You could do the USFL kickoff. You could do two foot inbounds. There's they share most of the same rules anyway, so it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But I had uh, I had I still have a lot of ideas to how to make it good. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. But Eric, this is only going to get weirder. We're only going to get more information. But there are other things to talk about concerning spring football. The Arena Football League, who apparently is very committed to playing next year, AFL playing next year, 2024. They've announced two new teams, two more teams. Okay. The Orlando Predators and a team in Washington. doesn't have a name yet. Not Washington, D.C., Washington State. TBD, TBD. TBD. Shout out to Tick. Love you, man. Love you. Other news. Fan control football, who I, I honestly, I thought was dead, um, says they're playing next year. Says season three is coming next year. No, that's good. If you remember, for those of you out there who remember Fan Control Football League, they were they, they got really really, really into NFTs last year. <laughs> really into NFTs. And if, for those of you that follow the whole NFT thing and crypto and all that, it kind of went downhill. So they lost a shitload of money last year off of that. And what yeah, the NFTs kind of went to shit, dude. Kind of went away there. Uh, what they did. Yeah, Alex. Yeah. FCF is back. It's it's fucking crazy. Apparently, it didn't go anywhere. They just kind of laid dormant. But what uh, what they're trying to do is they're trying to franchise their teams and get people to buy them. Mm-hmm. I, I fan control football. It's fun. It's a fun thing to watch. It is the most gimmicky thing on the planet. Which you know what is fine. It's fine, but also 
Also, 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 I didn't like that they were taking shots at the XFL and the USFL. Kind of, kind of, kind of lowbrow. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. I didn't know that. Yeah, kind of, kind of, kind of lowbrow. Just gonna say that. Eric, we're finally here. We get to talk CFL. Week 16 is behind okay. us. A couple things I didn't see coming. I'm going to be flat out honest. I called some of these wrong. Starting with Rough Riders 28, Red Blacks 36. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate to be the guy that I feel jinxed it. The week after I said the Rough Riders could be like a chaos team and disrupt the playoffs and do something interesting, they've tanked. Damn They're them. shit. You're like the kiss of death, dude. I guess so. I feel so bad. This was awful. A terrible performance. And I they they could very easily lose out, so it would be kind of funny if like coaches coaches your name up on the bulletin board. I wish he does. But Eric, you know if they do lose out, who that opens up a door for? The baby elks. The Baby Elks, who were so close. The BC Lions, 37. Edmonton Elks, 29. God. Almost got home. God dang, dude. This team has fight, though. This team has fight. Alex uh, Alex is asking for our Grey Cup predictions. If I'm just giving you a straight prediction right now, guess what? It's Toronto, Winnipeg. (laughs) Yeah. That's my yeah, prediction right I there. I think Winnipeg gets it done. I think so too. Uh, BC's good. Like we knew they were good. It was just this was this was a prove it game. They did it. Montreal twenty eight, Calgary eleven. I said that these teams were both bad, and Montreal does the thing that they've done all year. Aside from when I actually bet on them, showed that they're not as bad as the worst teams. Eric, there's there's still that step above. And I hate it. Yeah. Montreal and Calgary 11, by the way. Yeah. Montreal is just kind of middle tier for me. That's what they are. That's what they've been all year. They're, they're, they're perfectly mid. middle of the road. They're mid, they're mid as, the, as the kids say. They're mid AF. <laughs> Hamilton 14, Toronto 29. I don't know why I thought Hamilton would cover this. Toronto lives to crush their dreams. Um, yeah, not even close. Toronto's just boat raced them. So where we're standing right now, Eric, after week 16, Winnipeg, BC, and Toronto, all clinched playoff spots. Toronto has clinched already. They like for the last two weeks, Toronto has clinched the entire (coughs) Eastern division. Mm -hmm. So let me look up some CFL playoff scenarios before we uh, get into it. They Toronto forward warning. Toronto is sitting players now. Yeah. There are one, two, three, four, five weeks left. Toronto will probably be sitting players for health reasons. To get healthy for the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that, but... Well, they might not sit them the entire... So what they might do is just sit them for a few weeks and then play them the last couple weeks of the season to tune back up. Yeah. Or they might just, like, Winnipeg hits hard, and Winnipeg is still playing for something. 
So maybe mm-hmm. protect your starters here. I don't know. But there, here are some playoff scenarios going in. In the West Division, if Boston, if, uh, sorry, if British Columbia, <clears throat> if the Lions win, they secure a home playoff spot. Okay. Hamilton wins. If Hamilton wins. Hammy. Uh, if Hamilton wins, no crossover potential for West Division fourth place team. So you can't, there's, the fourth place West team won't be able to play for the East. It's not saying Hamilton will get a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. But if Hamilton wins, then there's no shot that a team from the West can jump in on the East side. Which is mm-hmm. a possibility that could happen in the CFL. Yep. Eric, if Hamilton win and Saskatchewan win, our Elks are eliminated. Well, you know what we need this weekend, then? We need some losses, losses, Big Daddy. In the East Division, though, Montreal wins, Montreal's in. If Montreal and Hamilton win, Hamilton's in. If Montreal, Hamilton, and Saskatchewan all three win, both Edmonton and Ottawa are eliminated. Also, there's uh, if Ottawa loses and Saskatchewan wins, there's no crossover potential for East Division, uh, like fourth place or whatever. Okay. So there's a lot going on. Now it's getting tricky. Let's get into the games. Toronto Argonauts at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Bombers opened. They opened as a two and a half point favorite have jumped recently to a seven-and-a-half-point favorite with the over-under set at 48-and-a-half, plus 280 on the money line for the Argos. No swag, Kelly. I would play the under in this game. I would lead towards the under. I want to see what the under maybe opened up at. Opened at 50. And was it at now? 48. I still bought the under. 48-and-a-half. I still like the under, too. It looks like it's going down. I'd bet the other here. There you go. Oh, shit. Uncle Rico bets the CFL. I I dabble. I dabble. I would also (laughs) lean towards the under. I'm probably not going to play it. Yeah. I don't, when there's like, when there's people sitting, I never, I don't like diving in, you know? Yeah. I I usually just will bet the under just because, or the team total under. I might do, I might do team total under. Yeah. See if they have that posted yet. I don't believe they do. They do not. Rough Riders heading over to BC. The BC Lions minus 10 at home over under of 49 plus 395 for the BC Lions. What's BC's clinching scenarios? Uh, BC's already in. I think I think they could secure a home playoff spot if a, if they win. Um, but they're already in the playoffs. How much is it? 10 points. Uh, I have Winnipeg on deck. I had lean Saskatchewan, but I'm not going to bet it. Lions are 6-2-1 ATS in their last nine home games. Look at, look at, look at me throwing out stats, baby! Look I'm Jim throwing out stats, dude. Look at this fucker, dude. Um, also, you you need to tell me if the st- if the trends that I do throw out are good or bad because I don't know yet. I just see trends and I say them. So Lions are also 0-4-1 ATS in their last five games following an ATS win. 
Ouch. Look at that, dude. Is that an important one? Is that a good one? Yeah, I like that one. Okay. Okay, good. Uh, Rough Riders are also 0-4-1 ATS in their last five road games. Okay. So look at Jimbo just throwing just throwing stuff if, out. If anything, honestly, if anything, I get it's a big spread. But BC at home is crazy. I might lean towards BC. Right, so let's take a gander at this. Where's where's BC here? Where's BC? BC Lions, boom. They're at home, right? They're at home. What seasons do you want to look at? Time period, seasons. Oh, here's here's one for you. A head to head trend, Eric, that I got. Rough Riders are five zero and one ATS in the last six meetings in BC. Okay. Um. Actually, in all their the last thirteen meetings altogether, they're nine three and one. So the last three years at home, BC's ten and twelve ATS. Okay. So. It's really just been a this season stat that they've been way better at home than on the road. As a favorite, they're ten and nine. That's not bad. I would lean towards BC, but I'm probably going to stay away. Okay, all right. Maybe play the over. Might play the over. I'm going to play the over, Eric. Over forty-nine. Okay. Play the over. Game number three, Montreal Alouettes, Ottawa Red Blacks. Montreal minus two on the road, over under a 48, plus 105 on the money line for the Red Blacks. Alouettes, 5-1 ATS versus a team with a losing record. Just like we said, like what I've said all fucking year. I would, I would fade Montreal. I would bet Montreal just because Ottawa's a bad team and Montreal does this to bad teams. Nah, Ottawa. I think Ottawa here. Excuse me, jeez, sorry. I'd go. I'd lead towards Montreal. That's just my take. Montreal playing for a playoff spot, I believe. Ottawa playing not to get eliminated. That's also a factor. Yeah, I would take Ottawa. I would take Montreal. I'm not going to bet it. I don't like it, but I would take Montreal. Calgary Stampeders, Hamilton Tiger Cats. The Tie Cats, minus one at home, over under 48 and a half, plus 100 on the money line for the Stamps. This is a gross game. Mm-hmm. I want nothing to do with it. I'm only going to have one bet this whole goddamn week, Eric. I know. It's a tough week, dude. Tough week. This is a real tough week. Tough week, Jimmy. Tough week. Especially without our Elks playing. This sucks. The Elks aren't even playing, so they don't even have a shot to, like, potentially... Like, their playoff hopes are just all up in the air. Yeah. Which sucks. Our baby Elks. You know what I might do? I'm going to have one other bet. Under 48 and a half. Stampeders, Ticats. Look at you, dude. Those are my two bets for the for the week. And I will, I'm going to let you off. I'm rooting against Saskatchewan. Okay. I'm rooting against Hamilton. Okay. 
and I'm rooting I'm against Ottawa. I'm off the Hamilton train. I'm off the Hamilton train. I'm rooting against Saskatchewan. I'm rooting against Hamilton. I'm rooting against Ottawa. So the Elks have a shot. Mm-hmm. They have a shot. The only bets I'm playing, Eric, Rough Riders, Lions over 49, Stampeders, Ticats under 48 and a half. I'll probably bet the under in the Blue Bombers game. That's probably all I'm going to do. I'll probably bet the team total for Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, not going to touch that. Eric, there's one last thing to mention. X League, baby. I have the notes Ooh. from last show's uh, last show we did right here, how Eric did. So we had six matchups, baby. And here's how they went. We had the Panasonic Impulse taking on the Tokyo Gas. Panasonic wins 28-21, a surprising close game. Okay. For those of you who don't follow X-League religiously, um, it's really like there's a tier system in place. There's Panasonic. There, actually, there's Fujitsu. And then kind of below them is Panasonic and Obic. And then it's everybody else. Mm-hmm. So the fact that Gas Creators had it this close is impressive. Very impressive. And I promise for the next one in two weeks, I don't even know if Eric's going to be here for the next episode when we t- tackle X-League. A big day that day, buddy. Big day. That's, that's the 11th. Is that is that your little B-day? That's, uh, that's Uncle Rico's special day, dude. Uncle Rico's special I love day. It. I love it. Yeah, shout out to the gas graders keeping it lit. Yeah, Alex Fujitsu, legit, legit. The Nojima Sajimahira and the Obic Seagulls. Obic wins this one 24 to 6. A defensive battle. I mean, this, this is what I'm talking about when I talk tears. Yeah. So, come on. Speaking of which, my favorite team, the Lixel Deers, took on the Fujitsu Frontier, the top team in the league. Here's baby. What do, you, what do you think the score was, Eric? Here's one by 12. I wish. I wish. Think, um, think Colorado and think domination because Fujitsu won this one 60 to 3. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Fukuoka Suns, Asai Beer. I know Eric was rooting for the beer. And they won it. The beer won it 17 14. Go chug an acai on me, Eric. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, buy go you chug one. one down. Go, go chug one down. Let's go tornado a beer right now. I got no beers in the casa, my friend. I'm sorry. Wow. Grocery days tomorrow, buddy. Grocery days. Yeah, tomorrow. it's it's. I gotta get groceries too. I have like I have beer, but no food. I have food, but no beer. <laughs> IBM Elecom. This is the only one we, Eric got wrong. Elecom loses. Eric had Elecom win in this one. Elecom loses 21 to 35 to IBM. IBM's a solid team, too. Yeah. Alex is correct. The Dentsu Caterpillars do suck. Dentsu loses 13 to 49 to the Acai Beverages. It's. For those of you who don't watch X League, when you can, it's very exciting. I understand for a lot of people here in the States, it's hard. Not only is it hard to find the games, you got to pay for them. Yeah. They're on late as shit. And my, also... My ass, my ass is long gone then, dude. And also, 
like the Sunday games start when the night games for college football start. Like a lot of the Pac-12 games are overlapping with the start time of these games. And it just so happens this year in particular, Eric, in my opinion, the Pac-12 is maybe the most exciting conference to watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. So I'm, I I focus more. I'm, I know I'm like spring football guy, but it's, it's college football is the best thing on the planet. I'm just going to I'm going to say it. So it's oh. hard. It's hard when they line up like that. Mm-hmm. And they're very late, and sometimes I'm a sleepy boy. I know Eric's a sleepy boy. Dude, I'm, I'm a very sleepy boy. Oh, we have some Sunday and Monday games next week. Ooh, in two ooh. weeks. Maybe. I I haven't streamed one yet. I really need to get on that. I need to stream some of these games, Eric. It's it's. I need I need it. I need it. You need it, and you want it. I told the people, I promise only that I will try. I'll tell you this, I'm not streaming the games on um, on uh, October 7th. Oh, you will be here. The 4th. I will be here October 4th, yeah. So we will be able to, we'll be able to preview the games. Yes. Sick. Um, I will not be able to stream because I'm going on a family trip that weekend, so. Oh, where are you going, so, big man? Branson, Missouri, baby. You know what? I've never been to Branson. Neither have I. But, folks, that'll do it for this episode of Spring Fever. We will keep you up to date on all things XFL, USFL, Merger Talk. Shout out, Herb. You coming at the end, buddy. Coming in at the end, Herb. baby. Herb. We will keep you up to date on all things XFL, USFL, Merger, all things CFL, all things X League. We got you, folks. Any updates, we love you. Eric, anything you want to shout out before we dip out? No. You know, our boy Chase came on the stream uh, last night. Covered some Great show. Great Bro. stream. Um, Jim was talking shit about Tua. We had a little back and forth. Via the yeah, chat. put some respect on his name. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see this weekend, my friend. Um, yeah, we will. You know, will. I'm, on, I'm on the bills, too. I'm on the bills, too. So Jim, uh, Jim Chase, and I were live Saturday morning, 830. Talking some, um, talking some college football. I got one big dog I really like. Really like a big dog this weekend. I'm very excited for that. I Investigator Jim coming out with a video. I believe will be released either Thursday or Friday, probably Friday, um, discussing XFL USFL merger situation and who might be pulling the strings behind the whole operation. Stay tuned for that, and uh, just. Last bit to go out on. Go over to Royal Retros, folks. They got great merch. They got great clothing. And they have great teams. And make sure when you do, you use promo code SPRINGFEVER. Because it's going to be awesome. Use it. I got it scrolling down here. It's scrolling. Look at that. Look at that. If you're listening, there's a link in the description. Yep. We'll see you guys next week for another hot and heavy episode of Spring Fever. Uh, Bye-bye.